Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas, back from Winnipeg, and Tom Timmerman, just escaping his live chat on sdltoday.com to come in and talk some hockey. And guys, let's let's start out with a high note. Uh, Jordan Bennington, just uh, all over the ice, making um, snow angel saves, twisting Dominic Hoshik saves. Um, no stick, but I got a blocker save. Uh, JT, that was uh, vintage uh, Jordan Bennington up in Winnipeg. Might have been his best game. Again, I kind of argued with myself in, in the game store. I guess you, you, you maybe nothing will reach the level of that game seven, that tremendous first period that he had and a pretty good third period. But uh, that was that was just fantastic. Even the, uh, the Winnipeg uh, riders uh, – had to pay his homage. I mean, they were just raving about him in, in the box up there. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, it made me think back to game one of that Winnipeg series, uh, the whiteout, the mysterious, insensitive quotes of Jordan Biddington that surfaced when he was like seven years old, uh, shyfully running over uh, Bennington behind the net right at the start of the game. said, oh, I tried to get out of the way. Wink, wink. Anyway, just he was booed every time he touched the puck. And I remember Bennington uh, after the game saying, I've never been booed before that I could remember. Of course, now it's pretty much a regular thing. <laughs> but just how far he's come for, to go from that day to being now where uh, there, were, there was no booing of him by even the Winnipeg fans. There were some gasps, actually, audible gasps at, at some of the saves. And the... Uh, like I said, even the Jets riders throwing hosannas his way. It was it, it's it's, a, it's amazing to see. And it was the kind of game where they needed him because they don't win that game otherwise. I mean, Winnipeg had the chances, had the opportunities. Blues still really not cranking out goals uh, at a good pace. So uh, they needed that. And that's one of those games, you know, the Blues are going through some tough times right now. And they got to get wins when they can. And this is one of those wins that they got. Yeah, JT, uh, in his previous uh, shootout, boy, Bennington just got lit up. Uh, this time around, not so much. And, and, I, and I guess that's always the thing. I mean, he's a, he's a competitor, and I'm sure that uh, uh, his previous shootout just, you had to sting because he wasn't particularly competitive in that shootout. Uh, th this time, obviously, lights out, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a skills competition, but it's one where your goaltender can steal your points. Yeah, for sure, and uh, yeah, in the it was the LA game to start the uh, road trip, and uh, the Kings went uh, uh, stick side, stick side, stick side on, in, in the shootout. I think they made three or four, and the one miss, I forget who it was by, but it was a it was a double bar shot, you know. So uh, within a, a, that wasn't one that uh, Bennington stopped either, but. The whole team, you look at the, not just the shootout, but also the overtime period. Uh, remember the, the, the Blues started that overtime in L.A. on the power play. And they played like the entire five minutes. Uh, it was almost five minutes. Like they were, on, well, it was five minutes because it went to shootout. Like they were on the penalty kill. It was just tremendously passive approach. They get outshot eight to nothing. And now they come into this overtime last night and, uh, you know, I don't know if they worked on it in practice because we, we didn't see anything uh, like three on three drills or uh, no, no shootout competition, but they outshot, uh, they outshot Winnipeg, Winnipeg. The official uh, stat finally was like 10 to one. 
And, and of course, uh, Bennington was, with, he was great uh, with the shootout. And, and uh, you know, but Ruby mentioned it last night, just how competitive he is. And he outcompeted players. And th- that of everything that he does, other than, you know, occasionally kind of lose his mind in a highly entertaining way once or twice a year, he competes. And that, that's the best thing I think about him as a goalie. He's a, just a tremendous uh, competitor. Yeah, you would have thought in that L.A. game, since he had so much work in overtime, he'd have been ready going into the shootout. And you would have thought last night where he did nothing for five minutes in overtime, that he might not have been ready. But um, it just proves that there is zero connection, zero correlation between what you do in the overtime and what you do in the shootout. It is a different beast. But um, yeah, getting, you know, getting two points out of that at a game in which is good case none would have been a reasonable result um, was a good thing. You know, Doug Armstrong admitted today, you know, that, uh, the, you know, the GM of the Canadian Olympic team would probably be impressed by that result last night. <laughs> uh, except that there's a chance for an international innocent, uh, incident if he does go to the Olympics. You know, you'd have to worry worry about what might, <laughs> might occur. Um, you know, on the personnel front, JT, uh, you know, we, you, you wrote about it and then it happened. Neighbors goes back to junior hockey, really not a surprise Tremendous camp. Certainly he's good enough to play in the NHL, but there's a lot more there with him. Uh, he's going to have a chance to play in offensive situations in junior and probably for the, on the big stage of world junior championships. So um, his development continues, but suffice to say that neighbors made a really good impression uh, during his trial. Well, he sure did. And it just, uh, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys didn't, didn't Petro, uh, didn't he get sent down to, when he was, uh, yeah. And uh, it just shows what Robert Thomas accomplished playing for a Stanley cup championship team a year, basically a year younger than uh, the Jake neighbors, but uh, you know, three, four games into the season, you, you know, the thought, at least for me was there's no way Jake neighbors is being sent down, but as, as the games piled up, I think what's the old expression, the, the, the summer pond hockey leaves these players, the intensity ramps up, the pace uh, uh, gets quicker, and there's less open space. And there were times where, I don't know, it may be a little too harsh to say neighbors look lost out there, but he just wasn't playing with the same conviction. His number shrunk. Uh, you know, the, the Blues had a lot of blowout wins at the start, but uh, they've been in some real dogfights here lately so uh yeah you 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 could see it was heading this way and you know you make a good point jeff about the uh about the chance to play for team canada and the world juniors uh that you know doug armstrong is big on that big on his players getting uh in, into international play and uh he probably will get a chance to to do that this year yeah i mean going into training camp i didn't think that neighbors had much of a chance of making the team. So he did that. So that was, I mean, that was an accomplishment to there. He really exceeded my expectations by getting there um, that he didn't stay, you know, for a while it was like, well, has he got anything to learn in juniors? But if he's playing eight minutes a night in the NHL, yes, he's got something to learn in juniors because he's just not going to be getting uh, the ice time uh, in the NHL at this rate. On the uh, person, another on the uh, another note on the personnel side, another reason why that move was made: uh, the Blues are getting healthier up front. Uh, the 
think a lot of us wondering if uh, if Braden Shen would end up on long-term injured reserve after he was sent home from the road trip, particularly with the team up against some some cap issues. Uh, but it appears both uh, Braden Shen and Oscar Sundquist will be uh, both with the Blues in the near term and not too distant future. Uh, certainly that'll bolster a team that's managed to get, uh, what, points in 9 out of 11. So uh, good news on that front, uh, JT. Yeah, yeah, real good news, especially with Shen. I mean, anytime a player gets sent home in the middle of a road trip, it's usually not a good sign. And there have been plenty of examples of when uh, Doug Armstrong says, we'll have an update on him when the team returns. It's usually uh, surgery and uh, in in many cases, uh, season-ending surgery, but not the case with with, uh, 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 Braden Shen. And uh, he apparently he skated today uh, here in St. Louis and, uh, the infamous day to day, of course, as Tom Timmerman famously has said, aren't we all day to day? But uh, anyway, uh, just day to day for him. So that's good news. I think it's a wrist or a hand, but uh, uh, usually Armstrong doesn't give that up unless uh, unless it's a surgery. And uh, uh, but the Sunquist thing is equally encouraging, I would say, because he, he made it sound like maybe a week, two weeks. I mean, he's 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 ready for liftoff basically and kind of the you go to contact drills and then all of a sudden you see him pop up in line rushes and one of the last practices on this trip there was Sunquist alternating uh in Jake Neighbor's spot on the uh on the fourth line and so uh here we go it'll it'll be sunny and uh at uh, Enterprise or wherever they are on the road it seems like very soon barring a setback yeah, assuming that all the COVID stuff sorts itself out and there's no new cases. And what are we now with like five days, six days without a positive test? I mean, this is uh, um, you know celebratory times uh, for the Blues that they've gone this far without adding anyone to the list um, because they, they, they can't take Sunquist off LTIR until they do things like send Hofer back down because there isn't space otherwise. But that looks like that's going to happen soon. And then if they don't, you know, get tested, in, you know, with having to have extra bodies around. Um, yeah, then uh, we can see uh, Sunquist back with the team. And then, you know, there are going to be questions. Where where does he fit in with this team? Is he a fourth liner right now? What's it, if, if Shen is healthy, you know, is Shen, the way Thomas has played, is Shen your third line center now? You know, where does, is, where does Sunquist fit in? I mean, there's going to be a lot of pieces on this that will start coming together. Yeah, and, and talking about Robert Thomas, of course, I was famously tough on him last year because there were so many parts of his game that were not um, that were not visible, that, that uh, he just, uh, you know, wasn't very consistent. Among the many things he's doing better, JT, boy, you know, there's, there's Robert Thomas out there in critical situations taking faceoffs. And, and again, I mean, in, in tough spots, in tough scenarios. Uh, one more thing, and he's, you know, he's putting some pucks on net and he's just playing a good – well-rounded, mature game, uh, you know, maybe not racking up pile tons of points at the moment, but uh, looking like a complete hockey player. He actually is taking shots. You know, he's still kind of a pass first guy, but he's, he's taking shots. And I, he, he, he however harsh, I, I think the criticism that you, you sent his way was, uh, uh, was uh, well-founded and uh, you know, Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong, especially with a with a contract with him, they, they had some kind of come to Jesus talks. Like, if you want more playing time, if you want a bigger role, 
you're going to have to earn it. Craig Berube, we, one thing we've learned, he doesn't hand out playing time. You, you have to earn it. You have to earn his trust. And to see him get, I think it's four games in a row. Now, some of it earlier was because O'Reilly was out, but now O'Reilly's back and he's still getting 20 minutes plus four games in a row. This is a guy who entering this year was averaging like 13 and a half minutes a game. And he's become a 20 minute a game player. And the face-offs, especially the last couple of days, uh, have been uh, glaring, as, as uh, Dick Vermeil would say. I mean, I think he's won 25 out of 36 in the last two games. So, he's yeah, he's not getting the goals. He's getting plenty of assists. Uh, he could have had about three or four goals in that San Jose game, but uh, he, he's playing really well. Last night, Thomas won seven out of eight defensive zone faceoffs. Um, O'Reilly 0 for 6 on defensive zone faceoffs. There were times there in the closing minutes of that game, Robert Thomas was out there taking defensive zone faceoffs. This is something that we could not have imagined happening uh, last season or in any of the previous Robert Thomas seasons. But, and I don't know how much of it is, is O'Reilly still not back up to speed after his COVID adventure, but whatever. Robert Thomas, seven out of eight defensive zone faceoffs. I mean, that's, that's good numbers. You know, that's, uh, you know, faceoff numbers can sometimes be exaggerated, but that's, that's a good one to have. Yeah. And JT about uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, he, he uh, selflessly jumps right back into the mix with a very limited preparation to give the team a much needed, uh, much needed help because they were clearly shorthanded and he's, you know, he's out there where he's supposed to be, but you know, not only the face-offs, but then uh, in the, in regulation time, boy, he had some, some great scoring chances that, you know, I mean, just in the last couple of games, boy, you know, these are shots that he's burying last year, obviously just had a fabulous season last year, just really got into, into, you know, top form, but that it's going to take time. You just can't come off COVID practice once jump into an NHL game when everybody's in, you know, good, good season form and, and produce. I mean, it's, and when we've seen that with Ryan, he's, he's just had to work himself back in. What was Connor Hellebuck doing behind the net all night? He had about three just uh, horrific gas, especially the the one on the O'Reilly. I mean, O'Reilly had like 98.9% of the net open. I don't know if he couldn't handle the puck or, you know, what maybe it was on its end or whatever. I don't know what Hellebuck was doing. But here's the thing. A lot of people say, oh, they're, they're on this COVID for 10 days. They're asymptomatic. No, Saad uh, had symptoms and O'Reilly really had symptoms. I I talked to a, a, a friend of his uh, on the trip and uh, the friend said he had like two or three really rough days, you know, where he was in bed and had no energy. So uh, you, you, you're right, Jeffrey, the, you, you, these are finely tuned uh, uh, thoroughbreds, uh, 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 racing machines, whatever you want to call them. They, you just don't get out of bed and go out there and be Ryan O'Reilly right away. So I, I think we kind of have to, take that into account as, as some of these players, uh, you know, come back from, uh, uh, you know, come back from COVID. Yeah. Clearly the, those two games since he came back were two of the worst games of the season for Ryan O'Reilly just looking at some of the numbers on that. So um, yeah, he, he had four shot attempts last night. He missed on all of them. So, uh, <laughs> but he got the uh, shootout goal when, uh, which, uh, which got him a point. So uh, he saved himself there. Yeah, that was a phenomenal yeah. little uh, backhand there. Yeah, and I, I wonder why, uh, JT, more guys don't, you know, as long as you're still technically moving, 
you're still making some progress either up the ice or north, you know, east and west. If you, as long as you're still kind of moving, you can you can slow down. Uh, I'm surprised, you know. Of course, that's in his wheelhouse because his is really is it's his hands and his uh, you know his ability to the magical stuff stick on puck that makes him a good player. I'm surprised more players don't go to that. You know, just just because that is just excruciating for a goaltender when he, yeah. he slows it down and he's just measuring. Oh my gosh. That was the uh, that was the shootout attempt that like wouldn't end. It's 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 a good thing they don't have like a clock on that. You know, you get what ten seconds and <clears throat> sorry, Ryan, you got to go back. That that doesn't count. Yeah, uh, you know the Blues. You know they've actually. It's weird. Is that I don't know what to make of the Blues shootout situation anymore. We used to see Tyler Bozak all the time. Tyler Bozak has vanished from the Blues shootout rotation. They've used five guys this year, none of whom have been Tyler Bozak, who used to be the leadoff guy. So um, it's a uh, it's a it's a different situation there. Um, you know, well, Perron is handling it well. Yeah, brave brave new world. Jordan Cairo in the mix now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and speaking of Jordan, once again, you know, he had a couple of games there where he wasn't as visible, but and uh, in a game where the the Blues were getting skated around pretty good there for long stretches. In, in Winnipeg, he did have his moments, certainly. And, you know, gosh, even the movie made where he did two moves and ended up with, a, with like a backhand that didn't have a whole lot to shoot at, still impressive. I mean, he is he has given this team an element that they didn't even have to, when they won a cup, you know, which was it's not mandatory that you have that type of player to win a cup because the Blues did it without one. But, boy, it sure makes the team more entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. And uh the Tommy, correct correct me if I'm wrong. His I don't think his name is on the cup. Remember, he played what did he play about 10, 12 games. But I don't think Kyra's on the cup. I don't think he got the cup, uh, a cup day, or some of some of the lesser players uh, of that mm-hmm. team got like half a cup day. Yeah. Uh, but uh so you know, I'm sure that's motivation for him in, in the big picture. Probably not something he thinks about every day, but uh boy, it'd be fun to to get a cup and have it in my hometown, but yeah, what a good, uh, uh, what, what a fun player he is to watch. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, tomorrow in the uh, morning skate, we, we, we see a little, maybe, maybe a little Buchnevich and Kyra on the same line and uh, knowing how chief operates. Uh, yeah. Kyra didn't get his name on the cup and yeah. Um, you know, he's, he, he shows the times just the speed he has, the, the puck handling he has, Ability to to get the, you know on the fly to get into the zone the way he carries it in he had gone eight games without scoring a goal but it didn't seem that way because he just is kind of always doing something uh, out there and I think he's doing things consistently better this year last year he was doing stuff half the time it failed but this year he's doing stuff and his success rate on the things he's doing has been much higher. Yeah, and JT, what a, what about Butch Davis again? He had a stretch. Uh, he had to had to take his time out for the headbutt, which was still much appreciated by old time hockey fans uh, that he went to old school with the headbutt. You, you really liked that, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I just you just need a little color in the game, and okay, he sat out a couple games. Then he had some games where, frankly, he just you know didn't get much done, needed to become more engaged. And uh, but we're seeing again, you know that, and again the Jets game, good example. Guy with skill. I mean, he's not a superstar, but he's just one more guy who can like Saad, who can make plays and who can score goals. Knows what he's doing out there, and you know can convert off a rush. Um, pretty much is advertised. 
Yeah, yeah, just another in the Doug Armstrong collection of uh, good to really good uh, uh, players and his superstar uh, free team that he has. And, uh, you know, he, he said last night, uh, Buchnevich on the, on the Zoom, that he just, uh, the, the, when he came back, I mean, he'd only played like four periods with his new team. And then, then he has a head buddy. He, he admitted that he just kind of lost his mind there. He said, us Russians get emotional. That's, that's what he said. But he, uh, uh, you know, he said the game just was moving really fast. He said too fast for his brain when he came back. So it took him a couple of games. Craig Berube had a little talk with him, the old Craig Berube. Uh, you, you better, you better pick up your, your pace, I guess, uh, talk. And uh, uh, he, yeah, he's, he, he's looked pretty good. Yeah. Just when I was starting to really enjoy watching the Russian line, the KBB, I was trying to sell that as a name with Kostin Barbashev and Buchnevich. I don't think it exactly took off or anything, but I, again, now I, I got a sneaking suspicion. We may see Cairo uh, busting in there with the Buchnevich. I was looking at some numbers that said actually Buchnevich in the early stages of the season, actually an improvement slightly over his previous season. And so in the last five games, he's been above average uh, within the team on all of those, on his expected goals and his Corsi percentage. He's done very well. So he has, even though, you know, he only had two goals in those games, but he's done a lot uh, to make things happen. Um you know, even when he's not scoring. So he's, he has been a very good addition for this team. And he's one of those guys where you say he's going to end up on the third line because there's just, you know, where are you going to fit him in? So it, it's, he's one of those guys who's going to be helping from the bottom, even if he's not getting the ice time. And my guy uh, almost had a great game in front with fan, friends and family on hand, almost. Almost went to, went to, went with a, an epic performance. Clem Costin, oh, a couple of scoring chances, and better yet, he he just about lost his mind. He got pretty <laughs> mad in that game, and you know, it was uh, he, he came into you know, defend a teammate and got irritable, and it took him a while to settle down. I almost got loose, JT, and almost you know we we almost saw the crazy side of Clem Costin there. He is my new favorite blues player to watch. I mean, at that uh, early on in my, my, my time, uh, uh, covering the frozen ice, uh, Jaden Schwartz, David Perron is always a pleasure, you know, how he seems to aggravate the opponent without really being a physical player, but yeah, Clem Costin, my new favorite player to watch boy, does he bang into people? He's got some skill, uh, quick release and, uh, yeah, he, uh, I guess he's, uh, to borrow uh, Buchnevich's uh, term, he's one of those emotional Russians. Kostin's one of those guys, he's, he plays 10 minutes a night, but you certainly get your money's worth out of him in those 10 <laughs> minutes. Um, they, they become an entertaining uh, one-sixth of the game, but it's, uh, it's, it's worth keeping your eyes on when he's out there. And uh, looking at the big situation here uh, as we uh, move towards conclusion in the net front, uh, you know, we've kind of touched on it uh, a bit. Uh, the cap situation, tricky. You know, they end up bringing up uh, Rosen to fill a spot, uh, a needed spot on defense because of the COVID issues. And they couldn't afford Perunovich, which has caused at least one of our regular readers to come completely unhinged that uh, Scott has not been able to join the group because of cap reasons. They've really had, they're really on the tightrope, but, uh, but you guys are reporting today that um, they're going to be able to bring uh, 
both Braden Shen and, and Oscar back and somehow not have to lose anything significant. To, they'll be right at the cap, JT, but I, I guess they're going to be able to, to, to just squeeze that in. Yeah, and again, uh, some of this is is over my head, but the, uh, you know, Sunquist, they were under the cap with Sun that one day, I guess it was about one day uh, at the start of the season, Sun before they put him on LTIR. Uh, he was on the 23 and now as, uh, as, uh, uh, Tom mentioned, you know, they'll send Hofer down, they'll send, uh, Rosen down, uh, you know, probably Dakota Joshua will be sent back down, you know, and as they get these players back, I mean, they, you know, Kyle Clifford could be, uh, could be, uh, looking at a, a American hockey league career. So I guess when they do that, uh, they'll, they'll have the cap space, but, uh, yeah, not, not 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 by much. I mean, it's it's another one of those uh, seasons where they're you know they're practically uh, Ryan Miller's practically looking under the uh, the sofa for loose change. Yeah, they'll I think they'll be like around four, within fourteen thousand dollars of the cap, um, which, which has has been observed. You know, you think you think that's really you know, you live in a world where fourteen thousand dollars is not a lot of money. My goodness, they're so close. It's only fourteen thousand dollars. But that means they aren't saving a lot of money. They won't have a lot of accrued cap space as the season goes on. Uh, if they get in another situation where they have to call up guys from the minors and they don't have guys on LTIR, um, it, it gets messy in a hurry. Um, so we, it's going to be a tightrope walk uh, from here on out if there's not a, uh, a big injury uh, that puts on LTIR. Because if they get a couple guys hurt, or if they get a goalie hurt, if they were to lose Huso or Biddington for a couple games, because then you, you can't, you have to make that call up. You know, if, if Kyle Clifford gets hurt, you have another, you have a spare forward, but if you need an extra goalie, so then it, you, the blues need their goalies to, to stay healthy. That would be one of the things they need to do because they don't have a lot of wiggle room anymore. Guys, there's a, a a big weekend coming up. We not to overlook the, the National Predators, who are gonna you're gonna catch them on the second of back to back days, and they're just sort of a a middling team right now. Though you know, certainly getting uh, Matthew Shane back among the living has uh, has made things better, but they're missing Philip Forsberg. Uh, they're just sort of a, a just a middling team. But boy, this weekend, tough couple of days. And uh, those guys are going to want to try to reserve something in their legs for, for Sunday. Cause it's, you got a show coming up here with the, uh, with what's, uh, what's on, what's on tap here. You can play, you play one of the toughest teams in the league and then the most entertaining team in the league. And this is going to get real. Yeah. Yeah. Mo mo moving up in class. That's, that's for sure. So you say that team with McDavid and Dreisaitl, this is a oh. pretty good, huh? What they're, they're both on a pace for like 5 million points this year or what? How about that goalie? He just looks up the other day, four, one on four. I got this. I'm going to score and I'm going to make it look easy. I'm going to beat four guys and make it look simple. I mean, my God, it's not a good feeling if you're Pareko and Scandella knowing you're going to be pulling those shifts. Yeah, and uh, who knows what Carolina will have planned. That's Tom's trip to Carolina. Tom, maybe they'll have a special surge uh, for you if they uh, if they win. Who knows uh, what those uh, what, what did Don Cherry call them? Bunch of jerks. What the, what the jerks will have for post game idiots, uh, the idiots. celebration? Justin Falk. Uh, I think he when he was at Carolina Hurricane, he said he actually came up with one of the ideas for their their post game. 
you know, they got back-to-back games, Carolina and Edmonton. And you say, do you play Bennington in both? I mean, what, how do you handle the goalies in this? Or do you, you know, where do you say, no, I think we're best off using Ville Husso just coming back from time off in Carolina. I mean, what's, I mean, that's going to be a, um, that's going to be an interesting situation for the, uh, for the blues uh, coaching staff. Yeah. Rod, uh, Rod, people always say, okay, what's the worst trade in blues history. And um, people all just keep coming back to the, you know, Sergio Mameso, like that was the end of the universe. Um, you know, yeah, Garth Butcher, maybe not the best player in franchise history, but trading away Rod Brindamore. I mean, of all the things they did, that was just stupid. And all, all due respect to Murray Barron, and, and I love Ronnie Sutter, but my God. And then Rod Brindamore, not only has a phenomenal career, but what a coach. Yeah. And, and what a oh, team. I mean, that, yeah. that, that team, that's a well-oiled machine. They could win another cup, JT. That, they're, they're impressive. They're in lockstep. You know, they, they, they say uh, a lot of times, regardless of the sport, uh, teams will reflect the personality of their coach. And, uh, boy, Brindamore, uh, sure, sure, uh, he sure strikes you as a uh, world-class competitor. Yeah, and they're just, and they're, they're fun. I mean, that's, you know, and they, they seem to be having a good time. So you got you to gotta appreciate that. And in, in Carolina, not an easy place to do that. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I think we've all been there and seen really bad attendance uh, in Carolina. So, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a tough sell, especially it's college basketball season now. So, uh, you know, that's, they have other uh, priorities in uh, North Carolina right now. Yeah, everybody's got to get up and say their prayers to Coach K just one more year. It's a little distracting, but that, again, I love that team. Back-to-back days, it's going to be rough. In the meantime, they got to take care of the Predators, and they can't overlook that. So, guys, it's been great. Another trip around the team and the league with Jim Thomas, Tom Timmerman. We've enjoyed it. A reminder that you can catch all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Uh, they're often embedded in our stories. You can find us in the podcast app. Tell your friends all about it. Um, hey, if it's not too late, I don't think it's too late. You know, get, come on down and see uh, see the gang. at the. Uh, you know, we're having that sports on tap down at Ballpark Village. Uh, you can see those ads on our website. Uh, check it out. Come down, and if you have a personal grievance with <laughs> me over one of my comments I made in the chat trying to calm me down, come on out. Come out to Ballpark Village. We'll is is Tom's uh, internet friend going to be there, or what? What do you think? <laughs> no way of knowing. So we'll see. We'll see. But, hey, come on out. It's always a good time. Anyways, for Jim Thomas, Tom Turbin, I'm Jeff Gordon. Until next time, see ya. See ya.